Welcome to Residential Real Estate, a podcast program presented by the Residential Real Estate Council. The Residential Real Estate Council, formerly known as the Council of Residential Specialists, is the leading education, membership, and networking organization for residential realtors with more than 33,000 of the top real estate professionals in the United States and overseas as members. It awards the CRS designation to experienced realtors who have completed advanced training and demonstrated outstanding professional achievement in residential real estate. Residential Real Estate Podcast offers interviews with advice from top agents and brokers about timely and relevant real estate topics. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And you can find more information about membership, education, and designation on our website, crs.com. I'm your host, Susan Swartz with RRC, and today we are really excited. We're talking with Julie Erickson from Anchorage, Alaska, about how realtors can use social media to boost their business in 2018. Julie will be leading an RRC webinar Put Social Media to Work for You on January 17th at 1 p.m. Central. That will take a a deeper dive into the topic. So first, I want to welcome Julie, and we're so glad you're here today. Thank you so much, Susan. Good morning from balmy Anchorage, Alaska. I hear you guys are having some really cold weather. Well, we are, but um, I don't think we envy you (laughs) being in Alaska because I think that's the forever frozen land. Um, So at least we have hope that uh, we will soon have balmier temperatures here. Sounds good. um, You know, Julie, you have a really interesting background. You're a 17-year residential realtor at REMAX Dynamic Properties in Anchorage, Alaska, and you're a relocation expert who works with relocation directors at BP, Schlumberger, Chevron, Shell, Exxon, and ConocoPhillips. You hold the CRS designation, and you are the 2018 president for RRC Council in Alaska. So first, can you just tell us how you got started in real estate? Absolutely. In 2001, the company I was working for wanted to relocate me down to either Seattle or Portland, and my husband's business kept him here, and we had small children, so we decided that I would make a career change, and my husband actually recommended real estate. So I thank him every day for... um, giving me the nudge in the right direction. So I've been a realtor for 17 years. Well, let's get started with our topic. Um, I think the first question I really want to ask is, how can real estate agents dominate social media, especially in 2018? There's a lot of emphasis in social media and advertisers are moving to social media. And the one thing I really encourage people um, who are just dabbling in social media is I think it's very important to be authentic and you need to provide some value to the people that are following you. And so you want to give them relevant information that they can use. And also you want to, um, uh, 
build and maintain relationships online. And you may not be right next door to the person that you're having the conversation with on social media, but um, if you engage people, you can't just like their posts, you know, and just go through your social media uh, contacts like that. You need to really comment on their posts and uh, like their posts and really, again, just give relevant information that they can use. Yeah. Well, you know, also, too, in this day and age, most of us have a personal Facebook page. But I wanted to ask, what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about creating a Facebook business page? I think a lot of people are overwhelmed with social media because there are so many options for us to get our message across. And I think people believe, oh my goodness, it's just one more account that I have to pay attention to. It's one more account I have to post information on. And I actually find it really keeps things separate. Uh, a lot of our clients end up becoming our friends on our personal pages once we've gone through a transaction. But I still try to keep my business posts separate from my personal posts because my friends down in uh, the lower 48 or across the world don't really want to see my house listings all the time and they would get bored and potentially stop following me. And so you want, it's, it's good to keep things compartmentalized. Yeah. Well, one of the things I read about is that um, the advice was that you don't want to create a personal profile for your business. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and why you don't want to do that as opposed to creating a, business, a Facebook business page. Well, as I mentioned, um, you you really want to not lose your followers by just inundating them uh, with business posts on your personal page. And the one thing that's nice about the Facebook business pages, it allows you to uh, view your audience. It tells you how many times people have viewed your post. It also will, um, it allows you to have more than 5,000 followers. So I don't know if a lot of you knew that, but your your personal page, you can only have five, up to 5,000 followers. But on your business page, you can have infinite followers or likes on your business page. Uh, you do have control over your privacy settings on your personal page. And one of my biggest hopes is that Facebook would give us some options for privacy settings in our business page, but um, I haven't seen that come through yet. Um, and I'll talk about that more when we talk about events. Um, also, fan pages are indexed, and so when you do a, a post, uh, you'll you'll get indexed, and that allows people when they're doing searches for you. It just um, builds your your um, presence on the web, and so your searches will be higher than your competitors. What tips do you have about picking a profile picture for your business page? Well, I believe it's a reflection of your business, and so as realtors, I think we should keep it very professional. Um, I I do change out my cover page during the season, so we just had Christmas, 
and New Year's. And so for Christmas, we did a caricature. I'm, I have a three-person team, and so I had a caricature made of the three of us. So I put that on our banner or on our cover page, and so that was fun and festive. And then for New Year's, I changed it to wish everyone a Happy New Year. And then, um, and now I'll change it this week to show a home or our logo. And so I just keep it very professional throughout the year. And then I never mm-hmm. change my my profile photo. It's it's the picture that's on my business card. What are some of the ways that agents might be able to use the call to action button feature? Okay, that is located just um, right on your cover page, just below that. And there are currently seven call to actions available for you, and you can change them if you need to, depending on what business you're doing. But there's a book now, a contact us, and that's my business page. I have mine set to contact us because, of course, I want people to contact us. Um, If you had an application, the third call to action button is use app. If you had an app and wanted to drive people to start using your app, you could use that call to action. The next one is play game. Obviously, if you're a gamer and had a game and you wanted to drive people to that, you could shop now. If you had an e-commerce site, you could send people to that site and sign up. Now, this one is actually, I was thinking about it. I might play with this a little bit uh, before our webinar on the 17th. Um, you, if you wanted to beef up your database, you could have people sign up for your blog post. You can have them sign up for your newsletter. And so I might interchange contact us and sign up would be a good one for realtors to use. And then watch video is the last call to action button. And if you had a specific video you wanted your clients to see, you could use that button. How do you determine the ideal timing and frequency for your posts? So I don't have a set schedule, but I'm, I'm constantly thinking of, okay, that would be a good post. That would make a good post, but it, it comes to me pretty regularly and I don't, I don't have a set time, but I am working with our web developer, and she's actually creating some timed posts that she does, and so she's one of my page administrators and myself and then another team member, and so, you know, my caveat is it just needs to be very relevant to what we're trying to accomplish, obviously, give market information uh, anything that might be happening within the community. So I don't post daily, but it's pretty regularly. It's pretty maybe every two to three days that I am posting some content on our business page. That's great. You know, I have a quick question. I'm just curious. Do you find that you have more traffic to your Facebook page as opposed to your website, or is it sort of does it go hand in hand? Well, this is an interesting question because our web developer, web developer is actually trying to um, drive more traffic to our website. So you'll you'll definitely see a difference when she's posting um, on our page because she is including our website um, link, and so people can go there. 
And the other thing that she's done, which is genius, is on our Facebook page, or excuse me, on our website, on the first page, she has our Facebook linked in to our site. And so when I post on my Facebook business page, it automatically updates on our website. And yeah, so that's really nice. So then I, I am getting updates on both and I'm trying to be more conscientious about including my website on my post, but that is something you can definitely do to drive your business to your site. What do you think about boosting posts? First of all, how do you do it and what are some of the criteria one should consider? So budget of course is is the top factor in my opinion it depends on how much you have to spend and and I will go into more depth and have slides to show people exactly how to do this um in the webinar but to boost a post there's an icon located at the bottom of every post within your business page and then you click on that icon and then it opens up and you you determine your budget your audience and you can actually set your audience. There's age ranges. If you want to send it specifically to male or female, obviously we're trying to drive all of our content to homeowners, so we would select everybody. And then you can select the length of your campaign. So if you wanted to do it for one week or two weeks, and again, it's all driven by your budget. So, And then you enter your credit card, and it's really seamless. And then Facebook will send you updates, and if you wanted to extend your campaign, you can do that. Yeah. Well, the other question I was going to ask you, I think kind of goes hand in hand. I was going to have you talk a little bit about using Facebook's targeting tools and some of the best practices. So what are some of the criteria, or how do you choose how you want to target your audience? Mm-hmm. Within the boosting as I mentioned, you can edit your audience, and so it allows you to select the age range. And so if you wanted to go for first-time home buyers, typically they're younger, so you could grab that age range and, and do something very specific for young, mm-hmm. young home buyers in our area. And you can actually select even zip codes. It drills it down to zip code. So if you're familiar with your city, Anchorage has several zip codes. And then if you know exactly where you want to target the military, we have two military bases. That's North Anchorage. So that's a lot of first time home buyers typically. And so you could grab those zip codes nearest the military bases. And then also you can target companies. And so we have a lot of oil field related companies here in Alaska and so I target British Petroleum, ConocoPhillips, Schlumberger, etc. and then when they log on, they can potentially see my post and my ad. Great. Um how do you promote your page to generate more followers? Well, this is Really, very easy to do. So the minute we start working with a new buyer or seller, we give them a copy of our links to all of our social media and our our 
website and because we're posting differently in all of those arenas and so we tell them you know follow us here like us there and then you'll you'll get some content that we may not send directly to you in an email but you could be watching for that for any new pertinent information that you have or if it's if they're new to the community i post community events and so it's a way to get folks out into our community and get engaged in their new neighborhood and so uh, we always do that and then the after we've closed a buyer or a seller we ask them to write a review and this is a great way for people to tell your story and it's again authentic and original and they're sharing their thoughts and opinions of how we did during the process. And I also ask them permission to use their review in my other social media outlets. Now, those are really great, great ideas. You know, I'm just curious because you talked about how you had a team and a web manager, et cetera. But um, I'm curious if you use a social media tool to schedule your posts. And if you do, um, could you make some recommendations? Yeah, I actually spoke with our web developer, Eliza, yesterday regarding this question because I wanted to make sure. She she started taking over this role, and she said that she recommends Hootsuite or Buffer, but she said that um, with with my Facebook page, she's actually doing creating the post within Facebook and then sets sets the schedule within Facebook. And she said that it's it's quite easy to do and the page administrator, you have to be a page administrator in order to create the future posts and then you select the date and then you set it to publish on that date. Um, you know, one of the things you mentioned you were going to talk a little bit about was how do you create events within social media? Mhm. So we we actually after attending celebration last year came back ready to conquer the world and do all of our events and so we we did create several events in 2017 and uh what you do is there's an events icon right under your profile picture to the left you click on that and it'll ask you if you want to create an event and a window opens up and then you just follow the prompts and you're going to want an event photo because again photos are worth a thousand words and so you want to um, create a, a photo or post a photo that's relevant to the event and you're going to want to have your location date and time the category of the event if it's arts or crafts, dance, food, film, etc. You want to select the category of your event. And you also can set uh, keywords for the event so when people are searching they can find your event. And one thing that we noticed in 2017, and it was fine because we were trying to capture um, a couple of our events were family related because a lot of our buyers have young children and we love kids so we wanted to invite kids and we had a pumpkin pumpkin decorating event and we had an Easter egg hunt and they were darling and so people were posting photos of us and tagging us and we had photo booths set up at both events and I'll dig into this a little deeper on January 17th on the webinar but 
you have to be careful if you if you don't if you only want specifically your clients, you have to do it in a different venue because your Facebook business events are public, and so we did we did have a couple of strangers come to our events and. It was fine. They were lovely, and we had a good time. But if if you're not if you're wanting to keep it to a certain group, you have to be careful about that one particular thing. Yeah. Um, so, what social media platforms should agents be using in 2018? You know, I wanted to ask you. In addition, we've talked a lot about Facebook, and um, <laughs> You know, a lot of people are also on Twitter, but what do you think are the top social networks for realtors and why? Because there's, you know, there's a lot out there. There's Instagram, there's Pinterest, there's LinkedIn, Google+. Right. Yeah, there's there's several. And I was at a conference in September, and the speaker said we should really leave Snapchat uh, to the 12-year-olds, which I agree. I don't <laughs> I truly don't think people want to see me with rabbit ears or bunny ears. You know, we're trying to convey <laughs> a, a professional message, and, and I don't use Snapchat. Uh, but the one that I really appreciate is Instagram, and within Instagram, you can also create a business account in Instagram. So I do have a business Instagram account as well. And again, that allows you to post your website on there in within your bio. And it also has contact me now. And it's, it's great because other businesses then are looking to you. And I have several followers within the business community it within Instagram, and it just allows you to again share more professional business topics, and it's not all geared to your personal page, what you might be doing in Instagram. So I really like Facebook and Instagram. I use those quite a bit. And the other one that I've been getting a lot of traction on is LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. again, we're trying to convey professionalism, and and working with professionals is is sometimes um, more rewarding than so I I try to post regularly within LinkedIn as well and you can capture people you wouldn't normally find you on Facebook there a lot of people are want to just stick with one social media site and so professionals a lot of Engineers, lawyers, um, docs are using LinkedIn and maybe not using a personal Facebook page. It's a good way to capture them. And, of course, Zillow and Trulia. I also send our clients to Zillow to create reviews there because that's really important to keep your name in the searches, in the um, top percentile of searches within Zillow. So I do send my clients there. Well, we're going to wrap up for today, and I I really want to thank Julie for being today's guest. Well, I appreciate you for having me, and I look forward to everyone tuning in on January 17th, and we'll dig a lot deeper into all of these. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you want to learn more on this topic, remember to register for Julie's webinar. It will be held, as she said, Wednesday, January 17th at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time on our website, which is 
www.crs.com. And I just want to include that with all of our RRC webinars, you have access to the recording of the live webinar on demand, a PDF of the slides, an audio MP3 file. And if you attend it live, you have the opportunity to ask questions before and after the live webinar. And so, again, to register and for more information about other classes RRC offers, please visit our website. And thank you, and please follow us or subscribe to Residential Real Estate with RRC on SoundClouds or iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you. Mm-hmm.